Welcome to Season 3, Episode 12 of History's Greatest Idiots, the show where we take you back through all of human history and give you examples of absolute, outrageous, incredible stupidity so that you can take lessons from other people's colossal mistakes and never repeat those mistakes again. But who are we kidding? We're humans. We love making mistakes, and they make for good material. Joining us, joining us, joining me as ever is my amazing co-host, Derek. Derek, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Yeah, it's yeah, been, you had a good couple. And refreshing, uh, relaxing time away. That's good for me. Me too. Yeah, <laughs> uh, for for both of us, I think. Um, I, I had a nice long holiday on Anglesey, where I was house and dog sitting. Uh, great place to dog sit, do, house and dog sit. It's a massive house, <laughs> massive grounds, and like you're only like half a mile from the nearest beach, and then there's like 15 other beaches within 20 minutes of the house, and it's great food. Nice. And, yeah, it was like warm, but not too warm. Oh, it was so cool, man. I felt so good. I didn't want to come back. <laughs> I wouldn't either. I would not either. Yeah. What about you? How have you been the last couple of weeks? Uh, just relaxing and hanging out. And, you know, good. I was kind of going to try and edit up some fun stuff for people with our, our show. And I noticed, you know, that intro where our mm. little guy dances back and forth and his eyes yeah. are all over the place. Every time I watch a video of us, I notice I've got eyes off wandering one way, this way or that. So Don't I, worry, I, 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 do too. I relate to him. <laughs> I, I do, too. I, I, um, I, OK, so 25, 24 years ago, I wrestled. Um professional wrestling <laughs> professional. So, uh, we had to produce a lot of video content for the degree i was on at the time and uh so we decided to do a wrestling thing because like enough of us in that like college course were into wrestling there's like 20 of us there like 15 of us were into wrestling so we did that and um one time i um i did a, a flare flop we fall over and you pretend that you're really hurt and the guy I was landing on uh who's still my best friend to this day actually lifted his knee and oh. my head collided with his knee and it like almost fractured my skull. And I got a massive concussion, concussion. massive, like rocky black eye, this whole thing shut. And um, he, he grabbed me in a headlock. And he went, holy shit, are you OK? And I went, am I bleeding? And he went, no, is the bone showing? No, then we'll carry on. And uh, <laughs> I shouldn't have done because I went to sleep with a concussion that night, which is something that you are definitely not supposed to do. Um, yeah, I guess that could be dangerous, huh? So dangerous. I was fucked up for weeks after that. I don't know if I had post-concussion syndrome or what, but I've had enough of them at this point that it's not going to make any difference. So, yeah, I've got about six concussions. Rugby is a terrible game. So, yeah, um, I have <laughs> fucked up eyes after that as well. Like, one of them doesn't focus properly in bright light, and, like, the, the whole, like, shape of my eyes changed as a result. It was quite an injury. 
that is that is intense man yeah i know like and i had a lot of fun doing it but that was a horrible fucking injury so uh, ironically yeah. like the worst one i had that would be a torn achilles tendon that was a horrible injury that, yeah, that story makes me like cringy oh yeah like I, just I, the thought of that yeah i heard it as well that's the worst part that part uh so yeah um oh before we get going i want to um so it's two things i want to talk to everyone about our socials so if you would like to follow us on twitter go to at greatest idiots and if you'd like to follow us on instagram go to at history's greatest idiots and if you'd like to become um, a Patreon member. Go to uh, patreon.com slash history's greatest idiots. However, you will no longer be the first Patreon because we have our first ever Patreon. I want yeah, to say a massive thank you to Jesse, Jesse Christ, who is our first ever Patreon. He's pledged at the uh, Gregor McGregor militant pat- uh, Patreon level. So uh, nice. he's getting, yeah, he's gone in at the mid tier. Thank you. Jesse, you can always sell any dream to me thank you so much uh yeah i went with that <laughs> that awful song just to paint a picture about how it's gonna be that's gonna age me so fucking about like early 90s uh, <laughs> the, the well. cheesy middle of the road music so jesse thank you so much um there's he's already had a couple of posts seen video and pictures from my holiday not that you probably wanted to but um yeah and a bunch of scripts from episode one and he's had his ex- his exclusive image sent over as part of it it's it's not an nft we're not quite at that level yet i don't even know what those are they're basically cons Uh, (laughs) that's it that's all you need to know it's a way of making money by ripping off your fans we're not going to do that so um basically yes thank you so much jesse thank you for being our first ever patron if you guys would like to be a patron you get free gift when you sign up um so please go to history's greatest idiots that's on patreon so patreon.com slash history's greatest idiots uh derek please continue you you had uh, something you wanted to talk about or show us or something so i'm happy for you to do that Oh no, that comes that comes in in the middle. Here. Oh, a little later. That's yeah, a little yeah, later thing. Okay, yeah, we talked yes, about that. Special um, thing for you guys. Oh, special <laughs> surprise. Um, I also wanted to talk as well, like today, because I was really hot in the UK. But I don't know if you guys remember last summer. Like I was barely hanging on. It was like you were melting. Degrees, it was crazy. I was melting, literally human melt. <laughs> and um, so this uh, this year, it's been not quite so bad. But um, the timing of the hot weather couldn't be worse because our dog um has just come into season so yeah so she can't she's at the stage where she can't go outside um like go for walks well she can go outside in the garden but she can't go for walks because boy dogs are like so um (laughs) we um we've we're currently dog sitting again and we thought well we we can't just like leave them in the house this is crazy so we went and hired a private dog walking field um yeah two okay. acres it's got a bunch of enriching like things they can climb and play on and uh it's like fenced in on both sides so it's just you you park your car and you've got like two acres to walk around in and it was like six pounds for an hour so it was it was quite cheap but um in the neighboring field <laughs> through the kind of the semi shuttered fence were two british bulldogs who could smell Margot, and they Uh-oh. would just hang around the fence going, you're right, love. Oh, fucking hell. Oh. Just like, and that was happening. The entire hour we were there, they were like, oh, do you want to come over here? I'll buy you a drink and show you a good time. So, yeah, yeah it was it was really weird. I mean, these two bulldogs, like, follow us along the fence line the whole time. It was really disturbing. That so would be my afternoon. Re- 
It'd be a ridiculously looking uh, puppy. It'd be a goofy oh God, looking puppy. A dachshund and a, a fucking a bulldog. Oh. That thing would not be able to breathe normally at all. Jeez. Probably not. No. So yeah, that's that's uh, that's my thing. So we've had like quite a long break for our live stream viewers. Um, we've got a bunch of slides to show you, and if you do want to view this um, after the fact, you can actually watch the videos of the streams on Spotify. Spotify now do video streams, and also we do have a bunch of our, well, all of our video streams on the YouTube channel. So if you just go to YouTube and type in History's Greatest Idiots, you can find us on there. And yeah, uh, we're going to have a bunch of slides and a video to show you as well. So that's going to be really interesting. So (laughs) (laughs) Derek, um, I guess we should get to it. Um, Who is your idiot for this week? Okay, well, I've said it before. You've probably noticed that almost every truly horrible and awful thing that's happened in the world has started with some sort of good, righteous beginning. Yeah, usually, unfortunately. In this case, uh, the noble cause was healthcare, and it went mm-hmm. off the rails when this doctor decided the best way to make developments in healthcare was through human experimentation. Oh, that's okay. on prisoners, probably without their consent. Yeah, exactly. Without their consent. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he was born Leo Leonidas Stanley in 1886 in Polk County, Oregon, to a humble country doctor. Okay. The family uprooted and moved to San Luis Obispo County in California when he was around nine years old. And from what I can tell, he just had a pretty standard upper middle class American life for the time. Yeah, nothing too dramatic. Probably the odd beating here and there, but, you know, it was a different time, maybe. (laughs) He he graduated from Paso, uh, Paso Robles High School and took his studies to Stanford University after that. Ooh, wow. Big, big name right there. He only went there for a year, though, because he was oh. flat broke and he dropped out. Oh, not good. No, he couldn't get a job working in the union or serving bars. He, serving he had bars. a solution to his money problems, and that mm-hmm. was to take work as a newsboy on oh. the Southern Pacific Railway. What's a newsboy? Um, Is that someone who just, like, hands out papers? or? Yeah, you, you sell the the paper and honestly oh, okay. i had no idea and i had to look it up because i thought <laughs> newsboy sounded really cool and <laughs> newsboy they even had a cooler nickname for it though oh yeah what was that the newsboy was also a peanut butcher what the fuck i have no idea but if we're making up slang nicknames for jobs yeah. i want to be the mystic money man that does history things oh yeah yeah we'll, we'll <laughs> definitely take that we'll take that thank you um so He's working as a newsboy on the Southern Pacific Railway, which, again, only lasted a year. But he was quoted as saying that he believed that one year as a peanut butcher was better than a whole at Stanford. He learned to know people and he learned to merchandise and to sell. And anyway, after that, he goes back to Stanford and finishes school in 1908. Okay, all right, okay. He heads off to the Cooper Medical College in San Francisco, where he studies to become a medical doctor. While he's at that school, he meets and falls in love with a beautiful young secretary at the school named Romaine. And about some lettuce. uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm hoping I'm saying it right, because it looks like lettuce. It does. (laughs) Sorry, please continue. (laughs) A month before his graduation from medical school, he marries Romaine, and... They didn't have any money, as you would imagine. Well, 
yeah. have much money, a secretary mm. and a med school student. No, he was working. He was working at an intern uh, at the time, which covered room and board, but really no no additional money. So he he knew he had to get established and make some money for his young family. So when he saw that San Quentin Prison was looking for an assistant to their surgeon, paying okay. seventy five dollars a month, he jumped at it. That's a lot of money back then. Oh yeah, yeah and that's a hell of a lot of money. It, it, he, he tried for that position, and they hired him. Mm-hmm. But for something different. Okay. They hired him to be their chief surgeon. Oh, that's not what he went for at all. Holy no. shit. At the wow. time, he had no surgical experience. Which... That's a but I mean, flag. would you take that if you had no experience? Uh, Not for surgery. Fuck no. Because, like, I mean, I guess, like... Here's just the thing, prisoners. Like, <laughs> Sorry. It's, there's no, no, no. it's just like um, I just wonder how much because you know like if you fail as a doctor now and it, it's different in the UK and America we have people get struck off like the prick who made up all of that bullshit about the uh, uh, the triple vaccine that every that like Jenny McCarthy and Jim Carrey were saying oh, oh it causes autism but actually yeah. he just made that bullshit up based on nothing. Fully. Yeah, and then he was dis- he was struck off, which is what it's called in this country when you're you're banned from being a doctor. And then he just moved over to America and made a shitload of money spouting bullshit over on your side of the pond. But um, yeah, I guess you guys have similar things over there where you know obviously doctors end up in prison sometimes or they get kicked out of the profession. But 1908, it might have been very different back then. You know, it, oh, it most certainly was. Yeah. I mean, they hired him to be their chief surgeon with no surgical experience, and I <laughs> think they knew crazy. it. So. And it's it's a big institution, San Quentin, even back then. My God. It was. And to be fair, I'm mm. going to tell you some horrible things about this guy. All but right. he wasn't all that bad. And it's not okay. like the kitschy Nazi thing to say about like Hitler, you know. Sure, yeah. This guy actually did good things. Okay. Um, besides the horrible things that he did. And we'll talk <laughs> about all of that. <clears throat> For most of the first half of the 20th centuries... He, he looked for ways to make improvements in modernizing the medical department at the prison. Okay, that's good. Uh, his wife contracted tuberculosis shortly after they um, arrived at the hospital, which wow. led to him going for like an open air, wider, better ventilated, uh, oh. more hygienic... Sure. Um, gosh, I can't even. I had it right here and I lost it. Like but, antiseptic, disinfected environment kind of thing. Yeah, we'll get to it when I get to it, I guess. Oh, okay, I jumped sure. way ahead because uh, I'm scatterbrained and that's what that's I okay. do. Anyway, so he's the chief surgeon. His wife has tuberculosis shortly after he, they arrive. She's sick. He's dealing with that and mm-hmm. starts focusing on some of the things as a personal matter. Okay. Around the same time when he gets there, it's the early 1900s. California has passed the first of se- several eugenics-driven laws oh, no. that allow for the forced sterilization of inmates and mental hospital <sighs> patients. I wondered if this was going to come up, the eugenics mm-hmm. thing, because this was a big fucking topic around this time, and everyone was on board. But then, of course, like 20, 30 years later, you got the Nazis coming up with the final solution, and shit yeah wow 
Yeah. And this guy was a firm believer in eugenics. Of course he was. Like he totally was. He was on board for it. And he even said that he believed 20% of inmates were feeble minded. And he, he started sterilizing as many of them as he could. And I say as many of them as he could, because there was a legal bag limit on how many inmates you could sterilize. Oh, really? I love that the state believed in it, but they're like, don't go crazy. All right. You can do some. We're not monsters here. No, no. I need to sterilize some people. Right. And as a result, he started encouraging voluntary sterilization. Uh, uh, what? How, how do you like? What do you offer for, for someone to take voluntary sterilization? Like, uh, you get time off or a bit of money. Like, what? What could you possibly do to get someone to do that? Oh, he said it was going to be good for him. We'll get to it in a minute. Oh. Uh, so he, he's tricking folks into voluntarily getting sterilized because he believed it was going to stamp out crime. Uh, no. He also no. believed that the right to bear children would eventually be reserved for only the fit. So, the fit, That's... The, you know, the people that are pure yeah, the, and good the white and not people. Yeah, yeah. And he yeah, targeted, he targeted uh, groups for sterilization, like homosexual, bisexual inmates, uh, the ones that he believed were feeble-minded as well, and. One example, a man named Nelson was imprisoned for forging a $5 check. What? And, oh, I mean, and, I guess that's a fair bit of money, but still. Back then it was, but it's still not for what he said. Uh, no. Dr. Stanley said that uh, this prisoner was the typical prison malingerer who was a perfect specimen for any proponent of euthanasia or painless elimination of the socially unfit Jesus. because of the crime that he committed. Just forged uh, a fucking check, mate. Jesus. Yeah. He wants to kill him. I know. That's crazy. Yeah. And not just cat. like, oh, no, I'm not a monster. I'm not going to hang him or put him in the electric chair. I'm just going to have him euthanized. Painless elimination. Yeah, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Jesus. It's, anyway, so that sort of stuff is really horrific. And yeah. I feel like we should have gotten better as a collective here in mm. the United States. Like the other day, I, I came across this little rant by uh, Congressman Matt Gates of Florida. Oh, awful piece of shit. Go for it. Yeah, he's talking on the subject of mental illness and what needs oh, to be done about it. And it falls right in line with this. I know it's unrelated and I'm probably just poking at poking at things. But he's he's in line with Dr. Leo Stanley. And this guy is in charge of things. He's a, yeah. in a position of power that people look up to. And he says um, this about the mentally ill. Okay. We're about to watch a video. So just so you know, Derek, I can't actually hear this. <gasps> No, is it I not sharing it? We're just it's sitting not, here quietly. I I can see it and I can see you, but I can't hear oh, it. Oh no! So I well, have a suspicion. Now I'm confused. I know. It said to share the audio. Maybe I shouldn't share the audio. Anyway, That's weird. Anyway, wow. so Matt Geitz, who doesn't actually mind being poked as long as it's by. A the high school girl. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's right. What he rants on, and he legitimately says, like outright, we need to reopen the asylums. 
Okay. Because there are dangerous people out there that are mentally unstable. If you're on mm-hmm. SSRIs, oh, you go. know, you could be caused to go out and mass shoot. And he talks about how these dangerous people are out here allowed to wander among the rest of us. Yeah, how dare they have freedom in America? Fuck's it's sake, just man. it just tripped me out because it's like Holy crap, he's saying the same stuff that Dr. Stanley said in the 1900s, and it's 2023. I know. it's. I mean, the thing is, we're aware of this stuff because we're aware of history, and we remember stuff that we've been taught, we study it, stuff like that. But there are people out there, probably Matt Geist, I'd imagine he doesn't have time to learn history because he's too busy trying to, you know, meet high schoolers. Probably, uh, yeah. Yeah, but... This is like the latest in a long line of awful, horrible bullshit from people like him. And, I, you know, we, we should have done away with fascists in America a long time ago. But they are still hanging around him, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Milo, yeah. the Donald, yeah. the I'm other fucker super, from Florida. Super bummed that that didn't play. Can uh, I try no. it one more time? I'm gonna just uh, yeah, go for it. Go for it, man. Yeah, go for it. I really is wish that... this worked. Is it working? No. Anything? No, it's all silent, man. That's really annoying. I know I'm I'm like this with StreamYard. Why can't you fix your audio, for God's sake? Um, yeah, we should be able to show media. I guess it's copyright stuff. But yeah, anyway, just imagine my guys ranting about opening silence. The ironic thing is that I actually do think that opening more mental health institutions and places where people can get treatment would be far better for the prison population because there are a number of people in the prison population in America and in the UK and in other countries that actually really need mental health help and they're not getting it because there's no space. Absolutely. And I think that, that in that, yes, we need to open up mental health facilities and counselors and access to that. Yeah. Maybe not asylums because the asylums here weren't such good things no they were they, no asylum was really that good it was yeah. just sort of a place where people got lost basically so, yeah it, it was it was kind of a sick place yeah so fuck uh, that guys anyway so dr stanley works in a place that's just like where he wants to send people and he takes this mm-hmm. position at san quentin and he believes that the diseases were the cause of crime in right. particular he believes that uh endocrine diseases were the culprit and he wrote in a memoir that perhaps the outworn glands look for solace in strange directions, meaning that when you get old, your nuts shrivel up and you do dumb things and get go bad, I guess. Okay. Uh, does he also think that women suffer from hysteria and should be slapped as a form of treatment to keep oh, them quiet? I'm sure. I, I didn't get into it. I didn't go that direction. Well, but his stance led to his strong support of what was probably the most horrific thing about him, which Mm. was his implementation of testicle graphing. Oh, what? Oh, no. It's a surgery based on the now debunked theory that testicular implants or transplants could cause a male rejuvenation and age reversal. What the fuck? Leave your balls alone, man. Oh, yeah. Well, Sigmund Freud had it done. Uh, uh, testicular grafting. It was, it was all the rage in the 1900s, but of course he did. That's why you're not supposed to say and do things like they did in the 1900s in modern I know. day. Anyway, kind of like we've moved on, <laughs> right? So, Supposedly. 
he is encouraging his interns to perform these experiments on inmates and these testicular graphings. And he's explaining that the patients this way could be under daily observation and mm. the follow-up conditions are ideal. Okay. That led to his staff performing grafting experiments on prisoners and transplanting testicles from executed prisoners into other inmates. And I know what you're thinking. What did they do when there were no executed inmates to use the nuts of? Uh, This is going to get dark, isn't it? I can see it now. (laughs) He would use animal testicles from goats or boars or rams or deer. (laughs) My God, that's so fucking dangerous. Yeah, and you you would think that couldn't possibly work, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't. It fucking (laughs) totally doesn't work, and it has all kinds of complications. And so he decided he would use another method. Okay. And I got to tell you right now, this one's even worse. And so if you get, like, a little blue in the gills by what we just talked about, you're going to want to skip, like, 10 seconds or so. (laughs) Yeah. So when the outright transplants weren't working, he started a a less invasive method. It was a two-part process where Mm -hmm. he would take these donor testicles from an executed inmate or some animal from the forest out back, and he would just mash them up into a paste, just, you know, and then he would put them in a a syringe, (sighs) and he would inject the mixture directly into the recipient's abdomen. Oh, why the abdomen? (laughs) I don't what know. The fuck? I, don't, I, I don't know. I don't know how it was supposed to work. Oh, man. He is absolutely completely gone at this point, right? Yeah. And here's another part. He never even really asked the death row inmates for permission to use the ones that he was using in the first place. And he actually got sued. Um, Good. One. The won. early 19th century, someone actually sued this guy. That tells you just how bad he is. Yeah, like nobody sued anyone for medical shit back then. And My he's, God, he's running around doing these experimentations and and uh, sterilizations, yeah, and testicular grafting, which he believed for real that it would cure things like pedophilia, depression, asthma, acne. asthma. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> what the fuck? Acne, acne and melancholia. That's, Which I think is the same thing as depression, right? Yeah, that's such a weird, unrelated series of things. Uh-huh. Like, you ain't curing none of that by fucking around with people's balls. I'm sorry. No. Like, oh my god, that's that's so <laughs> crazy. What the fuck? Yeah, but by I kind 19- of lost for words. At, yeah, this guy. Well, by 1919, he was recognized by the United Press Dispatch as an international figure in the surgical world through his successful operations in rejuvenating old and senile prisoners by transplanting the the glands of murderers who have paid the law's penalty. That was in the the papers about him. Oh, my God. Uh, Another experiment that he liked to conduct was removing the thyroid for inmates that behaved poorly because that makes sense. He he thought that murderers had overdeveloped thyroids and that forgers, like the dude that he thought should be euthanized, had underdeveloped pituitary glands. This is beginning to sound like phrenology at this point. He's like measuring people's heads and like, oh, yeah, of course you were going to be a criminal. You got 
like this part of your fucking head's weird and stuff like that. Like it doesn't work. Uh, for those people listening, we're now currently <laughs> displaying pictures of the uh, prison he worked at, which the main building actually looks quite nice. And then his picture, and it makes him look like a, the star of an Ed Wood film. He looks really fucking disturbing, to be honest. He looks like a psychopath <laughs> in this picture. And, uh, a little bit. Yeah, for sure. He's got like a, a small crop of graying hair and like the most prominent black eyebrows and just completely clean shaven he's like an elderly norman bates it's really fucking disturbing i'm gonna to move to the next slide as well where he looks like a a very um weird cowboy um to me if you've seen cool hand luke he reminds me of uh the warden and the overseer at the prison where yeah. paul newman was that's right yeah <laughs> failure Just to the- communicate exactly he's just, <laughs> he's just he looks kind of feeble as well like unbelievably thin and super rail thin yeah rail thin wiry weird he's got like virtually no chin there's there's like a whole mess of insecurities going on here a bit like with sigmund freud and his like oh yes i loved my mother once therefore every man loves his mother at some point and yeah it's <laughs> It's it's weird. He looks terrifying, and uh, oh my god, this just seems to keep getting worse. I feel like honest. he might look like a young Mister Burns. Little bit, yeah. Holy shit! Let me let me let me go back to that. Uh, yeah, there's a little there's a bit of Burns in there. Uh, <laughs> although Burns is famously based on John Rockefeller, which is kind of ironic because I've done impressions of him on the podcast and in real life multiple times. Uh, so yeah, wow. I just I don't really know he looks disturbing and he keeps getting worse. I'm sure there's more to come. So please yeah, keep he, going. Let's see. Where was I? He was pulling out thyroids for people that oh. were bad behaviors. And then at the same time, he started experimenting with the idea that vasectomies would bolster sexual performance. Uh, no. <laughs> That's my secret. Uh, most recording of the of the time praised his efforts, and in particular, the presence of professional medical staff meant that San Quentin was more sophisticated in their medical treatments than any of the other United States prisons at the time. Did anybody, all these people praising him and all the press going on about it, did any of them decide to approach inmates and talk to them about like permission? And no, why would human you rights that? violations and shit? I guess human rights weren't a thing, but I mean, Jesus. This guy is doing whatever the fuck he wants with whoever the hell he wants for whatever reason he can make up on the spot. It's it's borderline evil. I mean, it probably is evil because he doesn't seem to be displaying like he's not a surgeon and yet he's just tinkering. Yeah, he got all of his surgical experience by just swapping out nuts all on his oh, own. Whoa, just oh, <laughs> oh weird. Um, so. They are praising him, though, and one prison reformer at the time, Austin McCormick, praised the San Quentin as being the best in all the state institutions in the country. So sound like it. I'm thinking maybe he didn't know all of the uh, experimentation <laughs> on unwilling prisoners was happening, or maybe he did. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? He, but like I said, Dr. Leo Stanley wasn't all bad because, like I said, his wife got tuberculosis. Mm. and died as a result of her illness in 1926 but it was it was her struggles dealing with it that led him to learn as much as he possibly could about the illness Mm. and his early efforts to stop the spread helped him to implement medical screening procedures okay Uh, they identified 60 tuberculosis patients the first year and separated them out to hold the this 
the spread. He -hmm. built open air hospitals of 4,800 square feet without bars and open sun areas and flat roofs to um, help the recovery or the dying, I guess you would say. But he was the first one to implement that sort of stuff in a prison. So if you had tuberculosis, you were cool. But if you forged a check, you were fucked. (laughs) (laughs) If you were an actual like minor, a petty criminal, you were fucked. If you were a serious criminal, you were fucked. If you had an illness and you were any of those things, you'd be golden, right? Yeah. Basically, he's just Good like times. giving you a, a, a quite dignified death because it doesn't sound like the treatments work that well. But yeah, it seemed like the only way you could get treated well by this guy was to have a very specific illness. Yep. You yeah. had to remind him of his wife. Yeah. Oh, you look just like her. Now that I swapped your nuts out. (laughs) After she died, he stayed a bachelor for a dozen years or so. Mm. And he took a break from the day-to-day operations at the prison. In 1929, he decided he was going to take a temporary job on a cruise ship as a surgeon on the SS Malolo. What the fuck is a cruise ship doing with a surgeon? Why would you need surgery on a cruise ship? He's just a doctor, I think, on the ship. Yeah. All right. Uh, the ship sure. surgeon. No, yeah, you're right. I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, it's the 30s. Yeah, maybe they couldn't pull into port and find a hospital. I, I don't know. Never mind. I don't know. He's out there at sea for a little while being a surgeon on a ship, and then he comes back, called back to the prison in 1933. Okay. The warden is sick, so Dr. Stanley returns this time and serves as the warden. Well, he recovers oh. from his illness. Okay. When he gets better, though, he goes back to his regular uh, job as the surgeon. In 1935, this is where he does his tricking. He puts up a poster mm-hmm. in the prison yard uh, extolling the virtues of surgeries like vasectomies, saying, The simple operation prevents a man from producing children, but it does not interfere with his normal pleasures. In fact, it is claimed that sexual vigor is uh. increased. No, 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 no. Stop now. That's fucking <laughs> bullshit. You horror. This is breaking the Hippocratic Oath. I mean, he's done yeah. that a lot at this point, but he is no longer a doctor. He is now a fucking. Uh, I don't even know what. He's a criminal himself. A little essentially, bit. At this point. Yeah. God damn. But yeah, a ton of the dudes actually signed up and volunteered thinking that it was going to improve their health. But. <laughs> Here's the thing, which what makes him better, I think, in my opinion, than some people is he actually believed his bullshit like full wholeheartedly. He believed it so much that he underwent a vasectomy himself. No, he did. Okay. Um, He also said that they claimed to. the the, they prevented STDs, (laughs) which is not a thing. (laughs) That's not a thing at all. And it supercharges your libido. That oh okay again not a thing. Also not a thing, no. Um, So, seeing that his horrific experiments weren't really successful, he's thinking about trying something else, another theory to stem the rampant crime that's out there. How can I play with people's balls more? Nope. He's 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 raised his attention a little bit and oh, he believes no. that unattractive men are more likely to commit crimes because they can't what? find honest work. That's what? Yeah, um, you know how you fix that? Plastic surgery. 
Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> this is going so dark. What the fuck, man? He 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 wants to prevent them going out and reoffending, so he performs uh, pin, pinning back of large ears. He remakes broken noses, and okay. actually, at his retirement, a chronicle in San Francisco praised his ability to turn plug uglies into facial men of distinction. And some of his work men of distinction. (laughs) Some of his work was so dramatic that the warden made it a new policy to take a new mugshot of prisoners upon their release. What the fuck? He made them purdy. He yeah, he made like I I mean the the pinning of the ears back that's I mean that's not so so extreme, and the fixing the broken nose is actually probably a good thing, especially for like airflow and stuff. You know, uh, but like fucking with people's faces, like it's as a reason to do it. Like, oh yeah, it's because they're ugly that they commit crime. That is definitely not the case. There is a guy online who is famous for having his mugshot released widely across the internet, and he became so attractive to women online that he actually got a modeling contract when he got out of prison. So oh, is that that blue-eyed guy? That is the blue-eyed yeah, guy. You, okay. you know the mugshot when you see it. You're like, holy shit, yeah. this guy's incredibly good-looking. And he got a modeling <laughs> contract after that. Didn't stop him being a terrible human being while he was out. But um, yeah, I, I know plenty of attractive people that have committed horrific crimes. So that is not true. It's funny. He's fucking with people's faces. He's fucking with their testicles. The one place he didn't want to go was the brain, which is where the majority of the issues are. Oh, yeah. He uh oh. <laughs> he was kind of toying around with the idea of lobotomies at the time, which oh. is where I came across this guy. Okay. Uh, I failed to dive too much into that because okay. it was right after he was doing the plastic surgeries and the vasectomies that World War II broke out here in the U.S. Uh, oh God, was he sent to the front line? Please tell me. No, he was called into service as a lieutenant commander in the U.S. Navy Reserve and posted to the Naval Hospital at Mare Island. Okay. And then he went to San Francisco Naval Officer Procurement. Okay. And then he went to the Pearl Harbor Naval Base. Ooh. And then they sent him back to Treasure Island Naval Hospital right back there in the Bay Area. So right. that was his his tour through Ooh. the war. Yeah. Uh, not very, very little action there. Let's hope he didn't get anywhere near anyone's facial testicles. That yeah, it might have come in helpful, actually, some plastic surgery then, maybe. I, uh, I mean, well, for sure. Actually, in that situation, yeah, you have horrific injuries, and also, like, the amount of fucking venereal diseases in the Second World War, and First World War as well. Um, maybe he could have been of some use, but his stuff didn't work, so I guess not, but yeah. <laughs> well, they thought maybe it would, because if you got a vasectomy, it, it cures STDs or something. Yeah, apparently. Uh, yeah, just that's not it. real. Spotify don't take our video. Yeah, down. that's not true. We don't believe that. Spotify. I mean, what are we joking? You pay Joe Rogan like hundred million dollars a year to spout. God knows what. <laughs> so we could talk about vasectomies if we need to. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so after the war's end, he takes a year off to acclimate himself to civilian life because he spent all those times in the foreign exotic, mostly United States bases. Mm. And the world was very different when he comes back to San Quentin. Okay. The the prison is under the Department of uh, the California Department of Corrections. Okay. It's under their control, and they're now using therapy as a guiding model for Thank prisoner. Fuck. 
Yeah, nationwide in, in light of the war with the Nazis and mm. their war crimes. His mm. favorite methods were kind of on the way out, thank God. Thank God, yeah, because they're kind of similar in a lot of ways. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, he stayed there for a few more years before he retired in 1951 to start a private practice in San Rafael, which is just across mm. the bridge there. Very nice area, that. He served there for a, a short time. In his final years, he went to Marin County in Martinez, California, and stayed on a farm. And over his almost 40-year career as the San Quentin doctor, he gave somewhere in the ballpark of 10,000 inmates, some fellow doctors, and occasionally a civilian, testicular gland rejuvenation procedures. Jesus uh, Christ. Th that included the implants and the... Abdomen shit. Old, strange, let's, I don't know what to call it, nut butter injections. <laughs> so dark. Oh, uh, my God. Yeah, at some point, he went under, underwent the rejuvenation himself, like I said, hoping <sighs> perhaps that it, it would improve his sex life, prolong his life, because he bought his own bullshit. He thought maybe he was going to be a sexual badass. But he died in 1976 at the age of 90, childless. Ooh. So maybe it worked. I don't know. Well, yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Sure as fuck worked. Um, <laughs> it did. It was successful. And his yeah. plastic surgery was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As um, long as they said it was okay. Yeah. Um. But, it's yeah. Wow. I mean, he lived a long life, but then again, he's a wiry dude, and I I don't know what I don't know if I'm stereotyping here, but thin guys tend to live forever, you know. Yeah, you don't see many like you go to a retirement home, and this is a joke I'm borrowing from uh, an actor. I've forgotten his name now. Jay, Jay, not Leno Roach. Uh, Jay, Jay Moore. Uh, Jay Moore. Thank you. Yes, yeah. Jay Moore. Uh, he was like, you don't. You go to old people's homes. You don't see like too many like really fat old people, but you see plenty of old women going. Can I have a smoke from you, darling? Can I take a cigarette? <laughs> <laughs> because they're all still smoking. But yeah, um, thin guys tend to fucking live forever. It's crazy. Yeah. You know? I, I am not living very long. Me neither. Like, I've got a spare tire right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm getting that middle aged spread. Um, yeah, so, wow. So, what do you think of Dr. Leo Leonidas Stanley? Uh, I mean, he's awful. There's, there's yeah. no two ways about it. This is the, the interesting thing, though, is that. Um, Thank God we have regulations and regulatory bodies and checks and measures and rules and structures and things like that. Because I know that like, there are some conservatives out there in America and in both the UK that want to like, just do away with like bodies and checks and regulatory and gov small government. Give us small government. Like, Actually, no. You have small government. That's this guy. This guy goes around doing whatever the fuck he wants yeah, with other people's balls without any <laughs> permission or needed to get permission. And he's like, oh, you're you're an ugly fucker, man. I'm going to make you a non-criminal by pinning your ears back. And just the, all of that crazy shit, being completely unqualified, having nobody seem to check up on him for decades. And he is so out of control that he believes his own bullshit. The fact yep. that it's completely unproven and untested and unscientific you know, doesn't make any difference to him because he believes it so much that he does it on himself and it doesn't work and he still keeps on doing it. So that's the problem here. 
Um, maybe it was a, like a placebo effect for him, and he thought maybe he was just <laughs> extra horny and really good at it. <laughs> maybe it was like he was expecting it to happen. So after it ha- after he performed the procedure, it it worked in his mind. So he was already prepping himself for it to be a success. So, Possibly, yeah. Yeah, I'm I, really I just, bummed out that my little clip didn't play though. I know. I, I've we've had this before with. I don't know why these streaming platforms don't let you kind of play things for everyone in the room. It just just seems to be an issue, but yeah, uh, we'll we'll try and see if there's a way around that, folks. We'll try and share some more clips with you in the future because I would really love to do that. So, I'm gonna laugh. It's actually there, and you just couldn't hear it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was just Matt Knight's like kind of staring blankly at the screen, going, <laughs> not saying anything. Um, that would be awesome. That's what he yeah, should do well, all the time. Yeah, if only we could turn the volume yeah. down on that guy for real. Uh, yeah, this. I mean, this is this is going to be a high one because he's he's performing a completely unethical, unscientific, and disgusting procedures on people that can't really refuse and that he's lying to. Um, so in that sense, he did know what he was doing because he. I mean, maybe he didn't. I don't know. He said that it would boost male performance, which I mean, these people are in prison. The fuck? It, I mean. Yeah, let's not go there. But, Maybe they um, want him to be excited about getting out. It would help him rehabilitate. <laughs> hey, darling, while I was in prison, I had a procedure done. Could you imagine that as a pickup line? Like, Yeah, I got three nuts now. Yeah, and I got my ears <laughs> pinned back. Look at and me. I'm not going to climb anymore. I'm handsome. <laughs> <laughs> I got some nut butter in my tummy. What uh, a theory. <laughs> what a weird theory. Yeah, you're ugly, therefore you're a criminal. Um, so... Yeah, I think it has to go a solid 90 with this guy. Ooh, it, right. it, would have, it would have been higher had he known that he was like, just fucking around. Just like, yeah, this isn't going to do anything. But I've got to make myself look like I've got to pay the bills. You know, I've got to perform some surgeries. Therefore, I'll just fuck around with people's balls. They don't need them. They're in prison. <laughs> um, that's, probably yeah, that's probably, yeah. I mean, he seemed to be completely buying into his own bullshit, but even though he's not a surgeon he seems to think he was the best surgeon so that's a problem unchecked ego and just like all these accolades went to his head so yeah i'm, I'm happy to give this horrible awful human being who has like typical early 20th century name and 90 what was his name again dr leo leonidas stanley oh yeah that's tape a, measure that's it yeah and that's that's the fucking that's that's the most like 1900s name leo leonidas stanley dr stanley i presume different one uh similar catastrophic results um dr stanley's an awful human being he's from the same part of the world as i am the famous saying and uh yeah he had a penchant for uh murdering uh african people while he was he's like i'll shoot them no one's gonna know oh so, god yeah yeah and now he's he's like there was there's a statue of him in in, in a part of north wales so yeah, not going there. But yeah, that's that's really quite horrible. Someone who didn't know, well, I mean, they must have known at some level, but tr- kind of bought their own bullshit to the point where they became delusional and thought they were helping when actually they were doing significant harm. And the stuff about tuberculosis, yes, that was good, but you you kind of it's one of those things where somebody would have done that eventually. So I'm not giving him any credit for that because someone else would have done it yeah. well and you would think he learned all that he could about it and did things he, he had to have learned it from somebody right it, well he didn't we learn it through so. experimentation yeah it's not like julia charles 
going to the fucking going to the French school of culinary. Oh, you've got to chop a load of onions. All right, I'll <laughs> I'll go away and chop some onions, and then I'll flambe this. Blah, blah. But no, he's like, how has he learned this? Has he read textbooks? Has he read theories? Has he read the newspaper? Has to be. Know. The fact that he believes in eugenics is a problem because if that's like the basis of your belief in medicine, then basically your your entire belief system is founded on a lie. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you build from that foundation, everyone around you is kind of fucked. Really. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. Um, so moving on from one weird uh, delusional motherfucker to one of the most notorious cyclists of all time not not bikers cyclists you know the skinny guys that cycle up and down the mountains in france one of those guys um i'd like to introduce you to ricardo rico who um is basically and this is going to give the game away a little bit but you know it's a cyclist he's on a podcast about idiots you kind of know where this is going right (laughs) you know we we talk about oh this power lifter is an idiot you kind of know where that's going this sprinter is an idiot you know where that's going you know what's involved in those sports that usually leads to those people falling afoul of you know their kind of uh body so ricardo rico the italian lance armstrong um did he have both of his nuts oh he did yes although (laughs) They may have shrunk, and we'll get to that a little bit later as well. Yes, he'd have the, your doctor guy would have loved this fella. I swear <laughs> to God, uh, Ricardo Rico was born in Formine, Formigini, for Formigini. Oh, loads of Italian words coming, and I'm going to do better each time. I swear, Formigine, Formigini, on the first of September, 1983. I really struggled actually, to find anything about this guy's early life. I should also point out, sorry, before we get going, um, I just want to check. So my former colleague at Inside the Ropes, um, Peter, and I just want to make sure, because it's just his last name's like totally gone from my head. Uh, Peter Barnes uh, recommended this guy to me. And when he told me why he recommended him, because I was like, oh, it's a cyclist, he's an idiot, there's going to be EPO involved. That's, that's it. Like there's that's it with cyclists. They're all they're all they're practically fucking cycling down the hill with needles in their arms. There's that much drugs in cycling. So oh, yeah. it's like it's one of the dirtiest sports in the world, but it's still kind of fascinating for that and the politics alone. And also Lance Armstrong's like reign of terror basically on the sport for like 10, 15 years. So um I really struggle to find anything out about this guy, but thank you, Peter Barnes, for suggesting him. I'm just gonna assume that his early life was like any typical Italian upbringing. So he started smoking at 11, driving like a lunatic at 13, and like just voting every single day for Silvio Berlusconi until the horrible old bastard died 13 days ago. So that's that's what <laughs> I assume most Italians do, because that guy kept getting elected, even though he was like awful and a bit of a fascist. Isn't that maybe... strange? Yeah. yeah. I know. And also may have had a, a banker killed in London who we covered. Oh, yeah. yeah. That guy. Silvio Berlusconi was part of that Masonic Lodge that whole little dodgy dealings with the government and the police and judges and money going missing. And this guy stole a bunch of money from them. And then lo and behold, he's found hanging under Black, Black, Black Friars Bridge in central London uh, in the early 80s. So that's that's a previous episode. Go and check that one out. But yeah, Silvio Berlusconi was part of that Masonic Lodge. Good so, times. Not saying there was some powerful people. 
some incredibly <clears throat> powerful people. You wouldn't believe it. Anyway, so I can't find anything out about his early life. If there's anyone out there that can fill me in, please do. But I'll take you to his breakthrough in cycling, which happened during the 2007 Tirreno Adriatico, when he won two consecutive stages and the points classification. I guess that means like you've because you've got to enter, you've got to win, like you've got to be at a certain ranking to get points, I guess. So is it like NASCAR? I have no idea how cycling works at all. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it, it is like that kind of like a season in, in a, a right. You know, like the Tour de France is like a series of legs, essentially. So you do like, like 20 miles a day or something. I, I don't know how far it is, but like your ranking, your position in that leg, you get certain points. And then, the, you know, a couple of days later at the next leg, you get certain points for that. And then at the end, you know, the person who's leading the way has the yellow jersey. And then at the end, when they've won, they get the yellow jersey. It's basically like that in cycling. And then, of course, there's like one-off races. I don't know enough about cycling to be able to give you a full rundown. I really wish we could have had Peter on this. He'd have explained it much better because he had I just a cycling a ton right now. I know. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> essentially, yeah. So NASCAR is a good analogy. Another one I, I would have gone with is Formula One. So you'll have like 30, 40, 50 cars, whatever it might be. But only like the first 10 or 11 will get any fucking points for finishing. Everyone okay. else behind that gets like fuck all basically other than sponsorship money so and obviously points mean prizes the higher you go uh with your points the more you're likely to win so he actually um made his breakthrough in 2007 in the Tirreno adriatico as i mentioned he won two consecutive stages and uh the points classification so he got points for winning those two good stuff it's yeah. are the, the points are like uh the tickets at the ski ball right <laughs> yeah and you get you hand them in you get a big fluffy toy or or something like that awesome. yeah he also won a stage and finished second in the centimano internazionale di copi e bartali wow. well done sir thank you yeah i mean that that summer in florence really really helped me out right there when i was 17 i got dysentery but it was worth it because it's beautiful around there um he then finished ninth in the amstel gold race and sixth in the la flèche wallon which is a french race uh in his first ever appearance in the arden classics arden classic i guess that's that's a french race um, okay he rode the gyro d'italia as a domestique of team leader Gilberto Simoni, and in the process, he took the 15th stage at the Tre Cime di Lavaredo ahead of his teammate Leonardo Pipoli. That's a that's, that's a, a cool name. one. Yeah, it is. Leonardo <laughs> Pipoli. Um, he would finish sixth overall, seven minutes behind eventual winner Danilo Di Luca. In the season finale of the Giro, uh, sorry, the Giro di Lombardia, which is a, a region in Italy, like northern Italy, right okay. on the border, that's where the Lombards come from, the name. Um, he finished second after losing a two man sprint with Damiano Cunego. Um, in 2008, Rico rode the Giro d'Italia as a team leader and impressed in the mountains, taking two stage victories the Young Riders classification, and was second overall in the general classification, one minute 57 seconds behind uh, eventual winner Alberto Contado, which is like, I mean, one minute 57 <laughs> seconds. That's so much Italian. One minute 57 seconds might as well be a fucking lifetime in cycling. That's like a long time, really. But yeah, yeah. He's, he's starting to 
do it you know he like he's entered in as a young cyclist um so he was 83 2007 so he would have been in his mid-20s at this point so he's like he's still you know becoming seasoned but he's starting to climb like he's getting better each year um in these like italian races and, and it, some it, french ones and some french ones cycling is a big deal in italy i can't stress to you enough how many times i'd be driving up and down the roads to get to like luca or san Gimigiano. And we'd see like a massive pack of guys in the cycling gear and not just like one or two. I'm talking like 60 guys just yeah. like all warmed up and they're really into it. And they're cycling up these massive mountains in the Florence Hills and stuff. So Dude, yeah. there's there's some places like that here um, mm. where they're big like that. And then there's like a big one up by where my dad lives in Iowa. Oh, yeah. Shut down like towns and stuff through there. My dad hates cyclists as a truck driver. He's like, dude. <laughs> I, mean, I kind of do too. I kind of don't like them. But um, like, I, I respect the sport and I feel like, particularly with, like when you spend any time in a country like Italy or Spain and you become infused with the culture, you kind of get it. Like you get why people are super passionate about football or cycling or like why they like bread and cheese for breakfast and stuff. You're like, oh, this just just makes sense while I'm here. You know, no wonder these people are so happy and chilled out. I've never yeah. traveled. I wouldn't know. Oh man, it, it's I, like I, I go to California. That's <laughs> that's traveling, man. That's that's good. I haven't been to California. I've done the East Coast. I haven't done California. They're just uh, like here, but different. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 A little less dry maybe i don't know probably probably death valley is quite dry um so yeah i i would highly recommend if anyone's thinking of going on holiday to italy i would definitely recommend it um it's obviously a little bit more expensive than i was there you know 30 odd years ago but um the pace of life is so very different everyone's so very laid back the coffee's excellent the ice cream is excellent the the pasta is just like you never have bad food in italy it's always excellent so see yeah i my wife wants to go to venice and i agree venice is a great place it's expensive mind you um and it's slowly disappearing so yeah venice is a good one i like florence because i got to see you know the duomo and the ponte vecchio and michelangelo's david and when you see this fucking thing up close in person you're like that is absolute perfection i've seen two perfect things in my life that you know were created by humans i've seen michelangelo's david and it's just yeah. like anatomically perfect and huge this fucking statue is massive and you're like how did a man 500 years ago get this so perfect when you know carving people up was illegal and considered heresy but also i've seen the magna carta up close um in a, a vacuum sealed chamber with very low light and temperature controlled and you look at the writing and you're like that is incredible it's like it's laser printed and that again is a thousand years old or, oh. or approaching that so making me jealous man i know I, 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 I printed out this stuff to figure out how to get a passport so i can think about maybe someday trying to apply and then maybe going somewhere eventually oh yeah I, honestly if it, tra i was so lucky to be able to travel like in my late teens early 20s i did i did basically all of europe i did a bunch of islands um i did the east coast of america i was incredibly lucky and i had to stop because i had to actually earn money but i would have carried on going to like 
you know, the Scandinavian part of Europe. I would have gone to Japan. I would have gone to North Africa. I probably would have gone to Asia. I would have loved to have done more, but I just I couldn't afford to anymore I to yeah. get a job. Maybe someday we'll go tour all of it and talk to people I would from a it. stage and I visit did, honestly, all those places. Yes, if we can do a world tour, man, could you imagine? Oh, fuck yes. Let, let's get that going. <laughs> anyway, so back to my story. Now We've talked about holidays enough. Um, so in 2008, Rico rode the Giro Italia. Oh, yeah, I've covered that part. Um, it was suspected that Rico's performances were not clean. Surprise, surprise. It's cycling. No one's fucking clean. Uh, doping expert Michel Audran has stated that Sarah, capital C, capital E, capital R, capital A, I'm assuming it's a drug, uh, was in use by some riders in the 2008 Giro. Uh, Sierra, oh, here we go, here's a note here. Sierra is the supposedly untraceable third-generation EPO used by Rico in the Tour de France weeks later. Oh, uh-oh. Isn't, isn't that how Michael Sarah spells his name? It is, is exactly how Michael Sarah spells his name. Is Michael Sarah, untraceable third-generation <laughs> drug. Michael Sarah it was also in Black Mirror recently. That was random. Oh, dude, this season's amazing. We'll talk it about is that. It's really good. Yeah, we can talk about that another time. <laughs> I love the first two episodes. Oh my god. Uh, so yeah, so he's now using this untraceable drug, and that's the thing with untraceable drugs. They're only untraceable until you give it like three months, and then they learn how to trace them. You know, yeah. So, like so the dark web. You. They find you eventually. Uh, on 10th of July 2008, Rico won stage six of the Tour de France with a hilltop finish at the Super Bessé, giving him his first Tour de France stage win. There were, however, some rumors saying that the test results revealed abnormalities in his blood levels. To be honest, you need to be more clear with that. You can say abnormalities. There's probably abnormalities in everyone's blood. You know, I'm ba- my blood's basically Chinese food and Vimto at this point in my life. So, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I, I had high white blood cell count for like sure. ever, and they were like, "You have cancer? No, nope, you don't have cancer. Okay, well, I guess you just run high." Yeah, and so. also like, I I had a similar thing. I had a really low um, vi- was it vitamin D. I had a vitamin D deficiency and iron issues because of the Crohn's thing. Because I was constantly losing blood in the early days of that. That was no fun. Um, so, yeah, you know, like I feel like also, please, doctors, if you are listening to this, don't tell your patient over the fucking phone that they have abnormalities with something. Just fucking tell them what's wrong with them. Don't tell them they have an abnormality and they have to come in. That drive to the hospital is one of the most nerve-wracking moments of their entire life. Just be straight up and say, look, you need to come in. We need to talk about this. There is a big problem. You need to prepare yourself for it. Don't say, there's abnormalities. Please come in. We'll have a chat. Be fucking straight with people, for God's sake. Yeah. Screw the bedside manner. <laughs> Tell them that they need to be concerned and that you will help them. And uh, don't screw around if they don't need to be concerned and make them worried the whole yeah. time when it's nothing. You Leave their testicles and ears alone, for God's sake. Oh, yeah, um, that too. That's it. Um, on the 10th of July, 2000, and uh, no, we've just covered that. Okay. Uh, the team and the athlete claimed that there were no doping issues. They always say that, though, don't they? Of course um, not. Yeah. Of course not. Lance is completely clean. He's a hero. Look, he survived cancer. How dare you question him, strange <laughs> Irish journalist who's writing another book. Um, however, since Rico claims to have a naturally high hematocrit level, I'm starting to suspect he might have a naturally high bullshit level 
at this point. Like, oh yeah, that thing that everyone fails for, I've just got a lot of it. You know, yeah. that's all different. it is. Yeah, different. different. <laughs> he reportedly has a UCI certificate attesting to uh, an hermatocrit of 51%. 50% being considered the acceptable upper limit since 1997. Three days later, he achieved his um, second win at stage nine of the Tour de France with a breakaway climb of the Col d'Aspin. Look, we've, we've got to talk about the uh, Col d'Aspin. So it's oh, okay. the original Aspin. Not, I thought not you said the Col d'Aspin. The cold ass spin, yeah, that that happens after the race. Um, <laughs> I mean, we we've got to talk about this. Like, in it's basically a lot of people in professional sports claim injuries or whatever to get hold of performance enhancing drugs. It's the same way that athletes, like seventy five percent of athletes, in some reports, um, in sports that require incredible accuracy and focus, are on prescription beta blockers. So I'm sure these top level athletes have all got heart disease. That's why they have to take massive amounts of beta blockers to slow their heart rates to like 50 beats a minute so that they can take their shot between heartbeats so they don't break their concentration. Yeah, it it could have something to do with that one football player who just had his heart stop in the middle of a game <laughs> yeah. last year. That so. has been happening a lot over the last few years. Like, um, I, I know that... Um, so there's a current Man United player called... Oh, I can't remember his name. Anyway, he also had a similar thing with his heart. Um, yeah, a bunch of players, Marc-Antoine Fortuné, I think, died on a football pitch. And the thing is, football is an incredibly highly aerobic sport um, for like 90 minutes of just constant running. So, you know, it, there is going to be issues there, but it just seems like in the last 30 years, the amount of people that have started having heart attacks on the football pitch is a lot higher than it was before. And the game itself has not changed length or intensity, really. I mean, maybe you could say it has. I don't think it has. But, you know, it's starting to make me suspicious that there's other reasons, to be honest. Yeah, you got to kind of wonder. And yeah. no, it's not from the vaccines. It's not from the vaccines. Uh, but it's definitely something involving it because they have really high level testing now. So the fact that these people still have heart attacks is is concerning, at the very least to me. Okay. Anyway, um, on July the 17th, 2008, Rico tested positive for the banned blood booster. They say that three times fast. <laughs> Continuous. Oh, here we go. Oh, this is going to be a tough one. Continuous erythropoiesis. I was doing better with the Italian receptor activator or sera a variant of erythri erith epo okay it was a variant of epo from a sample taken following the fourth stage making him the third rider to test positive for this substance in 2008 tour de france alone after moasis duanas of borla world and manuel beltran of liquid gas liquid gas okay that's the liquid team. gas Liquid gas. Yeah, that's what he was injecting. Um, <laughs> he was immediately ejected from the tour, and his team, his team, Sonier Duval, withdrew of their own volition. Sonier Duval announced the next day that the team manager, Mauro Gianetti, had lost faith in Rico and that he had been fired from the team. Rico spent the night in the, uh, at a police station 
and was indicted on charges of use of a poisonous substance. Well, I mean, it is. Uh, I know. He denied the charges and told RAI Television, I'm very bitter. I spent a night in a police station, and it was like being in a prison. Yeah, that's the fucking point, you idiot. <laughs> I spent the night in jail, and it was like fucking jail, man. It was like jail. They put me in jail, and I felt like I was a criminal. Oh, my God. The magistrate listened to what I had to say. They searched my bags, but only found some vitamins that we all use, so they decided to let me go. Well, congratulations. You weren't stupid enough to carry drugs in your fucking handbag. What an absolute achievement. He must be not guilty. Despite the failed drugs test. You don't have needles in your your bag. You're free to go, sir. Um, They they sent me to jail. It was like being in jail. That's that's (laughs) not fair. That's such such a great line. Uh, The prosecutor, Antoine Leroy, testified that medical supplies, including syringes and equipment for intravenous drips, were found in his hotel room. Oh. He was just banana bagging because he gets dehydrated. That's all it is. That's all it is. Uh, but <clears throat> they were unused. According to AFP, the prosecutor said in the first searches there were no doping substances as such found. I mean, yeah, but if you find like mirrors, razor blades, small empty plastic bags, droplets of blood on the table, and a bunch of credit cards with traces of what looks like a white substance on them, then you've either found someone doing cocaine or you've traveled back in time and found yourself in Aerosmith's dressing room in the 1980s. You know, that's, <laughs> that's one or two things going on here. Yes, there's no cocaine there, but you've got all of the stuff that goes into having a good time with it. Yeah. It's, you know, it walks like a duck. It talks like a duck, but it's a goose. Don't worry about it. It's Yeah, it's fine. Don't worry. There's, there's no duck. It's just a bunch of random quacking going on outside. Um, <laughs> it was later revealed that Rico had admitted to a... Oh, my God. Had attempted to escape dub... Uh, sorry. I, I'm, I'm just... I've read this now. I, I read it before. I, I'm having trouble getting it out because it's so stupid. It was later revealed that Rico had attempted to escape doping control officials after the stage four of the tour, but had been caught in traffic. On the bike? Uh, I. This is what I think. <laughs> was he still in his cycling gear and he's pedaling away like pedaling away like crazy through the fucking busy streets? I wonder. I mean, I, I mean you kind of stand out. You would, especially if you're wearing a yellow jersey at the time. Uh, I mean, there's, there's an action sequence in here. That they were definitely missing. There's like one guy cycling crazy. Like he's definitely on drugs. Like cycling crazy fast through the French streets, and just a bunch of police cars chasing him with one guy leaning out the window with a bullhorn, going, "Stop and give me your blood, you skinny weirdo!" <laughs> um, as a result of this, officials decided that he was to be tested at every stage. That's man. I don't know if you've ever had a blood test. Having one of those every day after you, especially after you've cycled, like. 20 fucking miles that'll do you in feel like your veins would collapse you'd be all Pretty bruised much. up yeah yeah you'd, you'd have nothing left you'd be a proper junkie at that point um, <laughs> it was also revealed that the sarah's manufacturer roche pharmaceuticals has uh, secretly worked closely with the world anti-doping agency to develop a test for the drug and this was how rico had been caught the suppliers were secretly undercover feds man they always are yeah, working both sides of the war on that fucking thing. My God. I don't think I'm trusting Roach Pharmaceuticals for fucking anything. No, I'm not either. Like Roach? I I know. I I have 
significant issues with pharmaceutical companies, especially when they're developing drugs that really only design for one thing, and then they're providing people with the ways to catch them. It feels a bit fucking dodgy. Yeah. Really. Um, anyway, in the week following the race, Rico admitted to the Italian National Olympic Committee, man, you don't fuck with those guys, um, that the uh, that independent of the team, sure, um, he had been taking EPO in preparation for the 2008 Tour de France. And he accepted responsibility for his actions and apologized to his teammates and fans. So after the whole, they treated me like a criminal. Why was I in prison? He's now like, yeah, I did it. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I am sorry. Uh, Rico told the Italian newspaper La Repubblica that it was uh, the band doping doctor Carlo Santusian. I don't know. That's an Italian word. Close enough. Around. I'll do. Uh, who supplied the new form of VPO? Well, you know, I mean, it's good that he's owning up and like grassing everyone up, I guess. Following Rico's admission of guilt in the affair, his advisors had hoped that he'd get a 20 month ban. Um, but on the 2nd of October 2008, he was handed a two-year ban by the Whoa. Italian International Olympic Committee. Yeah, which Rico found disappointing. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's only four more months than than what he was expecting anyway. So, like, kind of fucking difference. I mean, maybe it takes him out of the Tour de France for that year. I don't know, but but like, you still did it, dummy. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be disappointed. I'm very disappointed and bitter. I mean, he keeps saying he's bitter. This man, man, yeah, he sounds really bitter. I expected better understanding, but I made a mistake, and it's fair that I pay better understanding. Yeah, well, I know you were cheating, but you know it's okay. You, I mean, I well. thought it'd be on my side. You know, <laughs> who hasn't gone to a club on the weekend? And just like met your friends there, they're all drinking, everyone's snorting some EPO. You know, it's just part of the party scene. Oh, yeah. So, what the fuck? lighten up, man. Jesus, everyone's doing EPO. Haven't you what heard is, about what it? What is EPO again? It's blood doping. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I can't remember how exactly it works, but you take like healthier blood, like from when you're not knackered. I don't know if I'm getting this completely wrong. Someone will tell me that if I am. You take non knackered blood. And then you store it. And then when you're knackered further down the road, you take your more oxygenated blood and put it back in your system so that you recover quicker. And then you got hmm. better blood in your system, basically. So it's weird, but okay. it's all they do in cycling. It's just like, hey man, do you wanna do you wanna swap IVs? Like Ugh. they're but, shooting blood. No, it's so fucking weird. It's like just a sequence is it's just a bunch of vampires on a bike basically. Um, <laughs> however, on the 17th of March 2009, the Court of Arbitration for Sport reduced the ban to 20 months because of his cooperation. He resumed racing on uh, March in March 2010 on the Saramico Flaminia team. Rico also faced criminal prosecutions in both Italy and France for the doping affair. He was convicted by a criminal court in Padua and gave uh, given a fine of three thousand and forty euros in June two thousand ten. That's not that bad, really. Yeah, as far that's. As fines go. I had fines bigger than that. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think I've like I was threatened with a fine. Like you haven't done any tax returns. Like yeah, I'm not self-employed. I'm paye. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll send you a refund for last year. Still waiting on that shit. Um, <laughs> so, Rico, yeah, 3,040 uh, euros. Rico was handed a <coughs> two-year suspended sentence by Toulouse Court. 
which was um, upheld on appeal in November 2011. Man, um, in August 2010, Rico terminated his own contract with Ceramica Flaminia and signed a two-year contract with Dutch Vacansolil. So- Solil? Solil. Good Lord. Dutch. I'm so glad I didn't do this guy. I would have been screwed. <laughs> so many languages here, and I can barely read the English. Um, uh, it's, he's not very loyal either, really. These people stuck by him after he was banned, or like signed him after he was banned, and then he cancelled the contract. That's that's not good. Anyway, now, now that we've done the whole blood doping thing, let's get to the really crazy shit, shall we? Uh-oh. Because this guy is not just your straight-up Lance Armstrong, yes, I was doing performance enhancing drugs. This guy is batshit crazy. Um, on the 6th of February 2011, yeah, strap yourself in for this one. Uh, the 6th of February 2011, Rico um, was admitted to a hospital in critical condition with sepsis and kidney failure, allegedly due to a blood transfusion he performed on himself with 25-day-old blood. Rico, Bella Bambino, what the fuck are you doing? Um, Rico admitted to the doctor treating him that he had performed the transfusion in the presence of his girlfriend Vania Rossi. Man, this guy just loves to fucking grass everyone up. Jesus. Um, The doctor reported this information to authorities leading to an investigation being opened against the professional cyclist by the police and the Italian Olympic Committee. They're they're, they're fucking coming for blood this time. Although they can't because he's used it all. (laughs) Give himself sepsis. (laughs) I didn't know you could. I thought I don't know how transfusions work, but I thought that it would be a little bit more difficult than just do it at home in front of your girlfriend like you're cutting your own hair or some shit. I know. I feel like it was probably improperly stored because you've got to be like this real because obviously blood's stored for a while and you've got to there's certain conditions you've got to meet when you're storing it to make sure that it doesn't go bad like milk. Um, But yeah, like, what the fuck, dude? You've given yourself sepsis and kidney failure. Rico, was it released from hospital two weeks uh, later and was subsequently sacked by the team he just joined. Um, he later denied blood doping, but also stated that he was finished with the sport and that he wanted to train to become a barista. What? <laughs> I'm going to make coffee art. That's a that's a shift. He I know. Years. She really did. I mean, I, I've got to be honest. Uh, again, this is an Italian thing. The culture around coffee is a bit different. It's it's not like a. I've just finished college. Where's hiring? Starbucks. Okay. No unionization. I'm fucked. You know, <laughs> it's not. It's not like that. It's an actual. I mean, you're not going to make shitloads of money as a barista, but at least it's like. You're talking to people and you're part of a culture of a town and stuff, you know. So. A passion profession. Yeah. 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 Maybe he's opening his own place. Yeah, you know, part maybe of the his community. own coffee emporium. Yeah. That totally works. Like, I could, I could be part of that, opening your own coffee shop. That's fine. Um, but he later changed his mind um, <laughs> and said that he would indeed like to race again. So, coffee art bores me. Everyone wants a fucking leaf or a heart. I want to cycle with needles in my arm again. Uh, <laughs> In October 2011, it was reported that Rico confessed to the blood transfusion to Coney, although his lawyer later denied these reports. I mean, he's got to be consistent with this. He definitely, I've got to be honest, he's not going to lie to the Italian Olympic Committee. These people are really fucking powerful. So I I believe that, really. So he admitted to it to them, but Mm -hmm. then now he's like, nah, I didn't. 
His lawyer's like, nah, what the fuck are you talking about? That is bullshit. You didn't believe everything you hear from, like, sources. God. Um, On the 19th of April, 2012, Italian's National Anti-Doping Court, TNA, not tits and ass, Tribunal (laughs) Nazionale Anti-Doping, banned Rico from any professional cycling activity for 12 years. Ooh, that's a big band. Done, mate. And how old is he at that time? He's like approaching thirty. Yeah, he's. You're he's done. done. You're yeah. you're retired now. No sir. one's no one's coming back to high level cycling in their like early forties. No, point. I don't. Like, that's an aerobic senior sport. tour. Exactly. Yeah, that's an that's a young man's sport right there. Like no one other than Lance Armstrong who came back in his thirties. Like no one's really performing at the highest level once they hit forty. Really, and that kind of did just kind of come up with an idea of something that I'd like to see, though. What's that? If we could get a bunch of geriatric people to play football. Oh yeah, think of the entertainment value of those that broken would, hips. That would be hilarious. Okay. Oh, we're talking no, about it's, it's kind of kind of dark. <laughs> no, that's fine. It's fine. Hey, a lot of there's like senior tours in football, and a lot of them are in their like 60s and stuff, and late 60s. It's some of these people are high level athletes still. No, you know, I mean, still you mean like I octogenarians. Mean, well, yes, but I also mean American football where they tackle each other oh, and run into... Or rugby. That's dark. Yeah, rugby. Yeah, could you imagine 90-year-olds playing rugby? And you know what they probably do? They probably do. There's, I had a similar conversation with this, like this in uh, with my colleagues last week when we had our, our like weekly catch-up and we were like, oh, someone said, oh, they're releasing a new version of Love Island and it's for retirees. And I was like, what, like 80-year-olds? And they're like, no, 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 people who are just like 65, like not... I was like, could you imagine an octogenarian Love Island? The oh. residents have fallen asleep again. <laughs> uh, uh. You have to leave the house, and it's a slow walk. The slowest fucking walk around the chairs, around the pool, going it's to the exit. Again, just holding on this one shot for like 15 fucking minutes. We're delaying the news because Cliff has to leave the house now. So, yeah, just octogenarian Love Island. <laughs> Oh, sorry, I, mean, I get you so off path sometimes. I'm it's sorry. fine. The path is lovely this way. It's very enriched. Uh, so yeah, back to this guy. So he's he's done. 12 year suspension, effectively ending his career. Rico appealed to the Court of Arbitration, arbitration for sport. Uh, the CASAP held the ban. Let's be honest. It's kind of for the best because this guy is going to kill himself eventually. He's a fucking idiot. Dude, at like, home blood transfusions to just try and stay in the game. Yeah. Don't do it, man. Don't, he he should retire. Good. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And like he's in his, so what, 2012, 2011. So he was born, in, yeah, so he's 28, 29. He's not old. So what the fuck are you doing playing yeah. with that shit when you're in your late 20s? You've got like another good five, six years at the top level left. Just stop doing at home injections at least get a crooked doctor to do it for you jesus yeah like um, a vet or something yeah like a dodgy vet like a mob vet or something um on the 1st of may 2014 rico it, it, sorry i should point out this isn't the end of it this gets even weirder super weird like okay so he's, he's banned and then banned for 12 years and it gets worse so much worse on the 1st of may um may day 2014 Rico oh. was accused of purchasing EPO and testosterone after being caught by Italian police in the car park of a, of a McDonald's restaurant in Livorno. Why? Uh, yeah. Uh, Rico. He's just later, on it now? 
Well, this is what this is the question I'm gonna have. EPO, give me that blood. Um, Rico later claimed to be in the wrong place at the wrong time, and his lawyers. That's how how just happened to be EPO there, and you happen to have issues with it in the past. (laughs) His lawyer stated that he was in the car, he was not in the car park to purchase EPO. Listen. I heard that the McRib was back, okay? <laughs> and I I just raced down there, and I'm in the car park. I'm chowing into this McRib, and there's just all these kids in the car park doing EPO. You know, it's the new thing. It's like either it's helium the- or EPO. Like, you know, <laughs> so that's just wrong place, wrong time, man. You know, get off my back. Just because I've got a history. God. The, the, the thing is, and like you said, you, you your mind went to the first place my mind did with that. I was like, is he really just hooked on? EPO and steroids at this point, like, can you be addicted to it? I mean, I guess you can, but my theory was he's out of cycling, right? He's banned from cycling. Right. Um, doesn't mean he can't buy for other people. Oh, he's you a middleman now. I mean, what else would he be doing? And I mean, you can't be booked on like replacing your fucking dr- blood. Surely that's not a thing. I. I don't know. I don't know what it. I didn't know it was a thing. I mean, no. I knew like cyclists all, all did performance enhancing stuff, but I didn't know that it was like here shoot some other blood, yeah, type stuff. That's, That's just weird. Weird. I know it's eh. so disturbing. Not any weirder than grafting on testicles. No, that's we've had a very weird medical episode. A lot of blood and <laughs> testicles and ears and nose stuff. Um, but yeah, also I think probably the Italians would be more angry that. Like, yes, you've been banned for life. Yes, you've been caught doing drugs in a, a car park. But McDonald's, really, with the amazing food you have available to you in our country, you You're go for the McRib. Race to this. What is wrong with you? <laughs> life in prison. Um, also, he's five foot eight and 130 pounds. Like, this guy is a waif of a man. Yeah. And he's doing steroids. His nuts must be like raisins. At this point, like if he has any, God. it's just the sack anymore. Yeah, and also sitting on that psych that seat, like, I man, couldn't do it. No, man, you your fucking prostate would get examined every single day. It'd be too much. <laughs> um, but unbelievably, there's even more stupidity with this guy. Okay. Um, this is from an article I got online, and also the way they introduce him is hilarious. Italian gelati maker Ricardo <laughs> Rico has come out against. The COVID nineteen vaccine in a recent social media post. I can see your head dipping. <laughs> the irony is just thick, isn't it? It's so funny. Shoot old blood, but <laughs> heaven forbid I do anything to stop a virus from spreading. I'll shoot old blood in front of my girlfriend at home and in a McDonald's car park while I'm scoffing down fries. But no, don't give me a world tested vaccine. My God. Rico was one of the most prominent and brazen dopers in cycling's recent history, made the surprising remarks in a Facebook post, because of course he did, uh, no longer publicly visible, because of course it's not, um, in which he outlined his new no-needles policy. (laughs) I have read many people that say that the vaccine must be obligatory. Are we joking? I do not. I do what I want with my body, no matter how stupid and career destroying. I added that last part myself. Okay, it uh, sounded yeah. like something he would have said, though. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> um, nobody can make me do something that, if uh, if it were to have a negative effect on my body, I would be the only one that would lose. That's a 
weird. I mean, it's probably translated from Italian, but like, you were on a saying fu- though. Yeah, you were on a fucking hospital table, dying of sepsis. You fucking idiot. Um, so you can inject. You you can't inject. Oh, you sorry. You can in- get injected with who knows what shit too, but don't fuck over people like me. <laughs> that that uh, sorry that have been Ow. well informed by doctor friends and that are not going to take a damn vaccine over and out. This is how he finishes that post. Um, yes, he's like Ryan Seacrest. Yes, yes, Seacrest out. I love that he thinks he's well informed. Despite the masses of documentation we've got proving beyond a shadow of a doubt that he's a fucking idiot. Yeah, but um, my doctor friend and this guy on Facebook said... <laughs> I, know, I know a doctor, and the doctor's not sure. He's a doctor. He's not a fucking immunologist or a, a vaccine. That's like He's just a doctor. He Did has you Facebook say he was a gelati... Gel, gelat- yeah, a gelati maker. We'll get to that now. He's gone from okay. coffee to ice cream. Um, in the years since his lifetime ban... He has shown some signs of repentance, calling himself a talented little bully. Um, I mean, that's that's like, I'm a bully, but man, I'm talented. You know, like, fuck you. Um, And an idiot who threw away money and a career. I mean, that part's accurate. That introspection eventually led to a successful career as a gelati maker. Um, If a child says my ice cream is good, I'm happy. Well, that's, I mean, fine. Uh, which is satisfying redemption, a satisfying redemption art for one of the most flagrant dopers of this century, who spent years doing things that had a negative effect on his body, injecting himself with who knows what shit, is now firmly opposed to a legitimate vaccine to a global pandemic that has killed a couple of million people. I mean, maybe he's scared of needles it. now. He's afraid yeah. if he gets sticked one more time, he's yeah. going to slip and go back to shooting blood. I mean, that's that's a very, like, the fear of needles is a real thing. Like, I have had so many blood tests in my life because of, like, various health issues over the years. And, like, I get a vasovacal syncopic reaction to every single blood test I get. So I have to numb my arm with, like, actual numbing cream. Because if that is the second I feel that needle go in, I faint. And I'm done. It's the whole reason Theranos existed. Exactly. Because people hate getting fucking blood tests. But this guy, it's just like, it's not even a needles thing at this point. It's like, it's almost like he's saying it because he thinks he's got someone's attention and he wants to keep it for as long as possible. Like Michael Scott in the office or some shit like that. So, See, I just figured maybe he's just throwing a fit. Pretty much. Hey, like, he's just get- they, they, they want to inject us with all this poison and uh, 5G and, and all this other bullshit. Honest to God. And, you know, I mean, this is the end of the story as far as I can tell. Like, he hasn't done anything too stupid since. But really, who's going to listen to him at this point? Because anything he does is kind of insane or bullshit or stupid or like, yeah. I mean, I, I really got into this. It was a good recommendation from Peter Barnes. Thank you so much for recommending. Ricardo Rico, um, really stupid guy. What do you think of Ricardo Rico? <laughs> Well, I think that his career path was absolutely insane, and I have no idea what cycling has to do with baristaing or gelato making. No, but hey, those gelati. are two very Italian careers right there, you know? Yeah, and dude, he blew his career up. He did. Like, he was in cycling for like four years, really, at the top <laughs> level. <It's> nothing. <laughs> he gets extra, extra idiot points for injecting himself with spoiled blood. <laughs> like, what the fuck, dude? Home transfusions. 
chain of cap. If the cap can't be pressed down, then it's bad, you know? Right, uh, yeah. It's been tampered with. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, God, he blew up his career, and he did it really mm. quick, and so quick. then somehow he was hooked on it, and then flipped to saying, I can do this, but I'm not going to do that, because this is for other people, and this one helped me, and that's what it really comes down to. Yeah. But, it, um, gosh. It's so weird. It's, I mean, the thing is, again, we have to start with our criteria. He didn't kill anyone. Like, no. he nearly killed himself. But, <laughs> but he didn't kill anyone. It's just like, this is a guy... It's funny, there's a quote by a former sprinter, Michael Johnson, American sprinter. Yeah. Um, he said that um, when Carl Lewis, not Carl Lewis, Ben Johnson, the other Johnson, Ben Johnson, the Canadian sprinter, who was caught with the steroid scandal thing, um, he said that when Ben Johnson was caught, this is an interview on Michael Johnson, he said, um, we didn't say shame on you for cheating. We laughed at him because he got caught. And there it is right there. You know, a lot of high level athletes are cheating in some formal manner, whether it's like suspicious substances in baseball players hair or like some cyclist with like the blood of, I don't know, like a fucking mountain goat or something pumping around their system. <laughs> but there's, there's always something that's suspicious. And even like, like there was a thing in football where um, people in soccer, sorry, I should say, people started wearing nose plugs to kind of open up their airways and like started ripping holes in their socks because they thought it gave them better circulation in their legs. And there's always like some sort of way of juicing the system, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. If you're not cheating, you're not trying, you know I mean? <laughs> I just, I'd love, <laughs> I'd love to find like, cause a lot of people have retired from various athletic competitions and like, you never know. Like they've retired, there's never been any whiff of scandal around them or any suggestion that they've they've cheated. But I would be willing to bet that a fair few of the highest level professional athletes have at some point twisted the rules at least. But this guy went above and beyond that. He went to he took blood doping and steroid use to a whole new level other than Lance Armstrong levels, basically. I'm just excited that now that there's there's some sort of validity to um a cabal of people using the blood to rejuvenate themselves. <laughs> oh my God. The Republicans were right. It's they were just, just in the wrong pizza shop. That's all. <laughs> it, was, it was the cycle shop next door. It was. It, was it wasn't the imaginary basement in the imaginate Washington, imaginary Washington pizza joint. It was the cycling shop next door. Was, yeah. Huffygate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Huffygate. Which, Sorry, I'm gonna wander off here before I give the score because okay. um, the the submersible. Oh yeah, the submarine while thing. While we're on the subject of gates, who in the hell names their thing Ocean Gate? Yeah, and then doesn't think that there's gonna be problems eventually. I know, asking for trouble. It 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 really is, and also like that thing, like. I feel like I've seen suppositories bigger than that submarine, to be honest oh, with yeah. you. You know, it was, there were what, five people in that fucking thing? Yeah, and they'd all paid me in that. Oh, sorry. Nah. I mean, I guess we don't have enough money to be that stupid. But, True. you know, I, I, if I had 250 grand going spare, I wouldn't pay some janky ass looking submarine to take me down to the mm -hmm. Titanic. I'd just like, 
maybe I get in a zero gravity thing and get the buzz out that way. You know, or go laser tag for a while. You know, oh, something yeah. safe. Or a beach vacation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, buy another house. What the fuck? You know, yeah. Jesus. Um, so, yeah. um, sorry, I wandered off. I no, guess I'm excited I, I about, about that too. Huffy Gate. <laughs> um so i i'm gonna i'm gonna go like traditional idiot poisoned Mm. himself with his own blood got hooked on the the epo smack at the mcdonald's there and (laughs) blew up a career so early on that it almost seems like he didn't have one pretty much yeah it was over i'm gonna gonna go 82 for him Uh, that's a nice score yeah what was his name again uh ricardo rico so it's quite memorable, quite a memorable name. Uh, we've had Ricardo Rico, and who is your guy? Dr. Leo Leonidas Stanley. I like saying that second part because it's Dr. fun. Dr. Leo Leonidas Stanley. It sounds like a name from, like, what's that that trashy soap opera in the States, the Days of Our Lives or something? Oh, but, I was just thinking the 300, Leonidas. Yeah, you know? that works. Oh, yeah, that works. Yeah, totally, yeah. He's Leonidas. <laughs> he's, a, he's descended from greek monarchs wow uh so yeah um ricardo rico uh gets an 82 and um dr leonardo leonidas uh stanley Stanley. Stanley, thank you gets a solid 90 for being like crazy bollocks obsessed um but yeah that's a really interesting one because we've both had like kind of people who I sense that there's a delusional element going on in both of these things where he was like, I can get away with doping. Or the other guy was like, I'm so well-round, I can't do any wrong. When he was clearly doing an awful lot of wrong, but it was at a time when nobody held anyone to account. So He thought he was doing good and nobody knew any better. Could you imagine living in a world where just because you didn't know any better, it was okay to do something bad? It's just It's kind of crazy, yeah. And where that was like a, a, a reasonable excuse. Yeah. Like that's really kind of crazy. So it's um it's it's kind of amazing that um you know these things happened, but I guess Ricardo Rico, you know, he's like he's doing some good now, like he's kind of maybe found his sense of purpose and he's repented a little bit and been contrite. But yeah, I think that's that's kind of for the best, really, with this this guy. He's part of the community, being a good ice cream man. I mean, gelato yeah. maker. I can tell you from experience, having been a young man and spent a summer working in an ice cream shop, good ice cream, man, that is, that's the absolute best thing. Although by the end of the summer, I was so sick of ice cream, I ended up eating the saltiest fucking food I could find oh, to get rid of that taste. It's it's funny that we went around with ice cream because I was thinking about getting one of those soft serve machines for the house. And, nice. and I wonder why I'm a fat guy. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I um, you see, whenever we go out for a, a walk at this time of year, there's inevitably an ice cream van around, and they do like the soft serve stuff. And uh, my wife is, I, I usually suggest it. It's normally there. She was heartbroken when we went back on holiday to North Wales and we went to a, a beach for a walk. She's like, oh, there's an ice cream van. I was like, yeah, well, we're about to start the walk. You don't get ice cream at the start of the walk you do it at the end right and she's like yeah okay let's go we came back like five hours later and it was gone she was heartbroken oh, i know I but felt she'd like have the been sticky otherwise world. though she would have been sticky thankfully i was driving but yeah maybe if i could get a soft serve ice cream thing for the house that would be 
kind of amazing. There you go, Cuisinart. Sponsor the show and give me a soft serve machine. That, that's it. Soft serve. Sponsor us, please. <laughs> we will we will eat it live on air. No problems whatsoever. Oh, dude, um, th- yeah, I'll chill away for somebody. I look like I'm doing it for Red Bull now, but I this is more, actually right? a baseball hat. That's it. Yeah, that's uh, their team sponsor. Are they? Are they they own a team there? Yeah. No, this is uh, Mountain View Toros, where my son oh, played. Uh, but it does look exactly like the little Red Bull guy it there. It really does, doesn't it? Like different angle on the ball, though. But yeah, totally. Yeah. Man. Um, so yeah, thank you so much to our listeners, everyone who's tuned in. Um, thank you so much again to our amazing Patreon, um, Jesse Christ. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Mm-hmm. And signing up, we will send you a bunch more Patreon stuff in the coming weeks and days. Stay with us. You're our only one. And if you would like to join Jesse, uh, then go to patreon.com slash history's greatest idiots. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, go to at greatest idiots. And on Instagram, we are at history's greatest idiots. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, there was something I've got. I was going to say, if yes. if you're uh, one of the folks that likes to educate me further on our videos about all of the things that I was wrong about, yes, you're my favorite. Yeah, and we love you. Leave those YouTube comments. I'll give you extra, extra bonus points if you put your money where your mouth is yeah. and support me doing better research. <laughs> yeah. If you want to help us do better research, make, make help us make this a full-time gig. You know, we don't, well, there's only so many hours in the day when you are married and have another full-time job and we both have extra side hustles. So like, yeah, we can't do all of the research. Come in and work for us. We won't pay you anything. Um, yes. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's the members of the church of Satan. Uh, we were uh, helping you out with that one. I thought right? I was nice to them too. I, I said that were. I agree with them more than most stuff, but he was just yeah. kind of a shyster and kind of did something for attention. I mean, we we like you guys. You know, you guys are really good church. You know, you're super liberal. You've been helping a lot of people. Just your founder's kind of a dick. <laughs> That's the reality of the thing, I'm afraid. So, yeah, that just that doesn't mean that you're bad. I mean, God, I don't think that every Scientologist is. You know, L. Ron Hubbard, I mean, a lot of them are weird, but, you know, I don't think all of them are. Some of them are probably really nice. I bet Beck's a great guy. Some of so, them are just Tom Cruise. Some of them are just Tom Cruise. Kind of crazy. Um, so we love you, Tom. Keep making those Mission Impossible films, even when you're in your 70s. It won't be weird. Um, so, yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, obviously, if you want to view these, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Uh, you can listen to them there and Spotify has the capacity for you to watch video uh, podcasts now. So go and check that out. That's where we get the majority of our statistics from. If they eventually let us back in, get your shit together, Spotify. Um, and also uh, you can find all of our episodes on YouTube. If you want to go and check us out, just search for History's Greatest Idiots and you will find all of our videos in sparkling 720p um, on YouTube. <laughs> Uh, that's that's my camera's resolution. Any lighter than that, and you'd see all of the fucking horrible wrinkles on my face. So, oh, yeah. yeah, man, I've got a 1080p camera just sitting here doing nothing because it makes me look old. This one's uh, 1080p, but I don't know if it is doing anything. I don't no, know. You, you look you look healthy. I look very very different without this amazing camera, which has like the best built-in filter i've ever seen in my life um so yeah thank you so much to everyone uh this episode will be coming out pretty much now like i'll be putting this out tonight and uh we will see you again in a couple of weeks derek would you like to say goodbye please goodbye everyone take care and we will see you again soon bye now